Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the third Sunday of Advent, the year of grace. The third Sunday of Advent in our liturgical calendar is popularly known as the Gaudete Sunday. Rejoice in the Lord always. Joy is the theme that characterizes today's liturgy. The pink candle we lit today symbolizes joy. It is also called the shepherd candle. We are called to continue to intensify our preparation for Christmas through prayer, penance, and sacrifice. Christmas comes with a certain indescribable joy. When we were little children, it was a time we always looked forward to. We are sure of reconnecting with dear ones from the cities, our aunties and our uncles and our brothers. We are sure of getting new clothes and having good meals coming from a very, very humble background, a little hamlet. We are sure of all this. This euphoria is expressed, is being expressed within our immediate environment with the interior and exterior decorations in our homes, in our churches, business places mentioned. Even those that are not Christians, they have the capacity to decorate, it shows something significant is about to happen. The first reading introduces us to the theme of joy. Isaiah prophesied the message of hope to the despondent people of Israel that were in exile. The Lord invited them to rejoice with joy, with joyful songs as they will soon see the glory and the splendor of their God. There will be a turnaround in human history. Prophet Isaiah also prophesied the miraculous signs that will accompany the manifestation of the glory of God. This includes opening the eyes of the blind, the deaf will hear, the lamb will walk and the dumb will sing. Those the Lord has ransomed will re return to Zion, singing songs of joy and gladness. Those the Lord will ransom will return to Zion with joy and gladness. A people that we are on exile, the joy of returning home. In nostalgia of returning home. Sorrow and mourning will flee. This is a message of good news. A message of great joy. 
to the despondent people in, Israel, in exile. The coming of Jesus brought to fulfillment the messianic edge Isaiah prophesied. And this joy is manifested with the blind regaining their sight, the lame walk, lepers being cleansed, the deaf hearing, the dead being raised, and the poor having the good news proclaimed to them. The coming of Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of Isaiah and John the Baptist. Jesus' coming shatters the darkness that surrounds us and brought a dawn of a new era. No person ever fulfilled the God-given purpose better than John. Yet in God's coming kingdom, all members will have a greater spiritual heritage than John because they will have seen and known Christ's finished work on the cross. John didn't experience death, the death and the resurrection, or the Pentecost experience. He is said to be the least in the kingdom of heaven. Having performed such a great role in preparing people for the coming of Christ, and Jesus will say, among the least is John. And the question is, why would John be the least? It's because John prepared people, but he was not a disciple of Jesus. He didn't experience the great event that led to the death and the resurrection of Christ. This was what Jesus was referring to. It's not that he was trying to demean the place of John, no. But that John was not able to encounter the end of the person he predicted. And this is why he's described to be the least in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is not demeaning the great role he played in preparing people for the coming of Christ. He prepared the stage, but he couldn't see the end of the drama. This is the description of Jesus. St. James admonishes his audience that while they wait in joyful hope for the coming of Christ, they needed to wait with patience. He employs the imagery of a farmer and urges his audience to wait as the farmer tills the soil and yet has to wait for the harvest to ripe before he will harvest his goods back home. We are challenged to be a patient people even as we await the coming of Jesus. The coming of Jesus does not give us any season or time. Just yesterday, we lost up to three people closely directed to our family. And even within the parish here, when we started Advent, we have lost some people. And this is telling us we don't even know who will spend Christmas. And that is why the preparation is very, very necessary. When the Lord comes, he will find us ready to go with him. Joy is one of the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit that every Christian is supposed to pray and then cultivate. 
The early Christians were overwhelmed and exude joy. Could see them radiating joy in every of their works. Their joy was magnetic, magnetic. Despite the bitter persecution, it attracted many followers to Christianity. They were being killed, and you'll see people being admitted to become Christians because they expressed a joy that was inconceivable. A joy that nobody in their suffering, they were a happy people. And that is why they kept on getting new members. Jesus is the reason for our joy. His death and resurrection carries away our worries, our fears, and our anxieties. We have hundreds of joyful sins. Among them is Francis of Assisi. When he was still very young, we are told, coming from a very, very rich family, he would gather the young people around. You know, the young people from the poor families would love to see those guys from the rich families. They are able to entertain them. They have it in the pocket. He'll come and entertain them. And he'll be singing all around the town. And so many people felt disturbed with that. That was his own way of expressing joy. Mother Teresa of Calcutta will always say to her members that if you see anyone without joy, give him one. Anyone without a smile, a smile give him one. That a Christian is born to be a happy person. A Christian is supposed to be someone that expresses happiness. Our happiness is deep inside. It's not because our pockets are swollen. It's not because we are belonious. It's not because we have all the certificates. But because we have Jesus as our Lord and God. And this is the cause of our joy. This is supposed to be the cause of our joy. And even St. Paul writing to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 17, he said to us, to be joyful always, be joyful always, and be thankful in all circumstances. Be joyful always, in good and in bad times. We are expected to be joyful. And many people that are looking very, very gloomy will say, why should they be that? Cultivate joy. It's better we are happy than not happy. A true Christian should be a joyful and appreciative person. As one saint will put it, religion without joy is no religion. A religion without joy is not a religion. Another also observes, joy is God's housekeeper. Joy is God's housekeeper. Sadness is the devil's nurse. Joy is God's housekeeper. And, the, and sadness is the devil's nurse. We are children of God. So we have the divine right to be joyful. We have the divine right to be joyful. After ordination, 
I worked in the cathedral. And in this cathedral was close, close to the cathedral was a hospital, a general hospital. I used to go for sick calls in this hospital. And in this hospital was a lame person that was permanently on admission in the hospital. And God has blessed him with the skill to design. The type of happiness this fellow exuded is beyond imagination. At Christmas like this, he would design cards and send to people, always in the hospital. But yet, the joy he radiated was beyond the ones those in town could not even express. And one will ask, why? God has so much blessed us. We have our hands, we have our legs, we have everything we need. But you find people that are in desperate condition, those in the hospital, they are very, very appreciative of what God has been to them. What is the source of that? Today is a Sunday in which we are challenged to be joyful. The third Sunday, the preparation of the coming of Christ, we are challenged to be joyful because the celebration is getting nearer and nearer. And therefore, we look at it with euphoria. We look at it with an expression and expectancy. And therefore, we're supposed to be a joyful people. So I challenge all of us that we need to be joyful in our families, in our workplaces, and wherever we may find ourselves. We are joyful because we have it in our hearts. We are joyful because we have the risen Christ. We are joyful because we have God, no matter how bad situations may be, we should be a hopeful people. Beyond the tail of the tunnel lies the light. We cannot be sorrowful as if we are mourning. Even if we are mourning, there is an end to the mourning. And even those that have passed on, they have gone to meet their creator. If only we live well, our exit from this life will not be an end. It will be a continuation of the other life to come. So we pray that we shall exude this happiness as we prepare for Christmas and that Jesus will meet us and will be born anew even in our hearts. May God bless his words in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.